So this afternoon we're going to begin the practice of metta or loving kindness. Metta is uh, the Pali word, you know, that's the language, uh, the vernacular language that said the Buddha spoke. Um, and metta is one of the four meditations and mind states uh, called the Brahma Viharas, which are also Pali words. And Brahma Viharas means, it's been translated in a couple of ways, it means um, the divine abodes. Because the mind states of metta, loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity are considered divine abidings. You know, and these are the mind states that fill us. And they're also called the boundless states because it's possible to cultivate them to include all beings within their range. But probably for most of us, you know, in our lives, we perhaps don't often touch into loving kindness for all beings. You know, that that may be an aspiration, but uh, it may not be where we're always living. Because for many of us, even the word love, we usually refer to that feeling, you know, when it's associated with people closest to us. You know, our partners, our family, our friends, maybe even our pets. You know, we can have a great love for them. But this love, this kind of love, uh, very often and to some degree is associated with uh, attachment. You know, not only do we love the people we're close to, we're very often attached to them, you know, and cling in some way. And so that kind of love really does not have the capacity to include all beings. I mean, could, could, can you imagine? feeling attached to all beings in the world <laughs> would be pretty difficult because that kind of love doesn't have the capacity to include everybody. By its very nature, it's limited. So metta, or loving kindness, really is a different quality. It's a, it's a different kind of feeling. And so perhaps a better translation of it, or one that might give us a sense of its boundless potential. Maybe it would be better to translate metta as um, friendliness or goodwill, you know, or benevolence, words like that. <clears throat> and even though we may not have actualized the potential for feeling goodwill or benevolence, for all beings, those feelings actually have the potential to include all. You know, and so our practice, this practice of the Brahma Viharas, the practice of metta and the others, compassion, joy, equanimity, the practice helps us develop that potential for boundlessness, that potential for universal inclusion uh, in our lives, 
No, it's something that can be developed. It's something that be can, can be cultivated. And the progression of the practice, as many of you know, you know, many of you have done this uh, already, the progression for all of these boundless states is we start with ourselves, sending it towards ourselves, and then direct the feeling of goodwill, of benevolence, to someone who's a benefactor, somebody for whom we already feel a lot of goodwill. Somebody who we think of and automatically or spontaneously (coughs) we have loving feelings towards them. Then the practice moves us from a benefactor to a good friend and then to a neutral person and then to a difficult person. So here's here's where we start pushing our edges a little bit. You know, can we... (coughs) Can we practice goodwill? In the classical Buddhists, you know, the language they use is to our enemies. We've made it difficult, people. Uh, and then to all beings. You know, the practice culminates in sending these feelings or cultivating these feelings for all beings. So this is what our practice will be. You know, first it's understanding the quality of the feeling that has the potential to include all, and then practicing that, and practicing slowly enlarging our boundaries <coughs> of whom we include. During uh, this retreat, we're going to concentrate on the first of the Brahma Viharas, which is metta, you know, so loving kindness or goodwill, benevolence. And over the course of the days, we're going to go through that progression. You know, so today we're going to start with directing it towards ourselves into a benefactor. And over the next days, we'll slowly include uh, the other categories. One thing that's been very helpful to me in <coughs> developing this quality is to realize that <coughs> the practice is very flexible. This is not uh, some rigid, formulaic practice that we're doing. There are many angles and many perspectives that we can take. <clears throat> and in your practice, you can, you can play with it and you can explore. Okay, what's the easiest way or what way do you have the most affinity for letting this quality grow and flourish and develop? I just want to briefly kind of lay out a few of the different perspectives, you know, or or doorways into the feeling. So in the practice of loving kindness, of goodwill, first to recognize that it's a very simple feeling. You know, sometimes we use grand words, and so if you think of love or loving kindness or I actually like, in that phrase, I like to give emphasis to the word kindness, because it's so down-to-earth. You know, we we may not have glorious feelings of love for everybody, yet. (laughs) By the end of the week, we will. (laughs) But but we can be kind. You know, that just seems, we can practice that. And so it's to just, even as we begin, to recognize the simplicity of the feeling. Yeah, we can be kind, we can have goodwill, we can have good wishes. 
You know, so it, it's that simple. It doesn't have to be dramatic. So the three kind of three doorways or three aspects of the practice that we cultivate um, in different ways. One aspect of the practice is using certain phrases which express good wishes. And people can, you know, each of you can find your own phrases. And I'll just give you a few examples of phrases that can be used. So it becomes like a mantra of loving wishes, phrases that we're just repeating. So phrases that I often use, since we're starting with self, I'll I'll use that uh, reference. Uh, May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live in safety. May I live with ease. Just very simple, basic wishes. You know, may I be happy and healthy. May I live in safety. May I live with ease. You know, and so these are the phrases that we would start with oneself and then extend to others. Sometimes people find it more effective to reframe it, and this is actually the more classical way uh, that's expressed in the texts. The, the phrases are, may I be free of danger. May I be free of mental suffering, free of physical suffering. May I live with ease. Yeah, so it's all, it's all the same wish. Find the way that resonates for you. You know, what are the words that are most meaningful, that you would most wish for yourself? And just as, as a sidebar here, you may find that you find some words, you know, that really resonate for yourself of what you wish for yourself. Maybe be happy and healthy and I live in safety or ease or whatever words you use. And then you may find as you go to different people, you might want to tweak the phrase a little bit. Maybe when you think of a benefactor or a friend or a neutral person, you know, as we got to that part of the practice, maybe those phrases aren't, they don't exactly hit the mark. So feel free to adjust the phrases. As I said, there's a lot of flexibility in this. <laughs> the phrases, the repetition of the phrases are one aspect of the practice. The second aspect of the practice is the image, you know, of visualizing the person to whom we're sending these loving wishes. You know, and so we could visualize ourselves or have a felt sense of ourselves, and then when we move on to others, you know, to hold some kind of image or picture or sense of them in your mind, so that there's actually a place where the, the words are landing. You know, may you be happy, and you really know, know who you're sending it to. You know, and having an image of that person can be very helpful. And it also helps to stabilize the concentration. <clears throat> now, some people can visualize easily. They have that capacity in their mind. Uh, and so holding the image of the person uh, can be easy for people who have that, you know, quality. For other people, and I'm one of them, my mind doesn't visualize easily. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't have pictures, 
so much in the mind. So for me, it was more just having the image flash for a moment. You know, just call the person to mind. I have the momentary image, and then the image falls away, but it's been there long enough to connect, to remind me yeah, that's who I'm sending it to. And so you have to see how, how your own mind is working. So there's the phrases, there's the image, and then, of course, there's the feeling of goodwill. There's actually a feeling in the heart of goodwill, or benevolence, or kindness, or loving-kindness, or love. So for some people, it's very easy to connect with that feeling. You know, for some people, you almost just have to think of the word love and you're there. That's great. <laughs> for others, the feeling tone, the feeling quality is not there immediately. You know, and we use the phrases and the image to help evoke the feeling. You know, so as we're saying, you know, may I or may you be happy, and we're repeating this, you know, over and over again. For for many people, just the repetition of the words and concentrating on the meaning of the words starts to evoke the feel. Oh, yeah, this I really do mean this. You know, where you have that moment of of really being in the wish, being the wish. So do you see that for each one of our hearts and minds, it works differently. So some of you may emphasize at first the words, you know, and then bring up the image and the feeling will come from that. For some of you, the image will be really easy. And so you can start with the image of the person and then be directing the words towards that image, which is there for you. For some of you, the feeling may come first. You, know, you just drop into that heart space and the feeling is there. And then the words and the image become the expression of the feeling. So do you see how it can work differently for each one of us? And so experiment and just see you know, what's the best way to strengthen this quality of goodwill, just of feeling kindness. Okay, so we're going to start with ourselves. And for many people, traditionally we start with ourselves because supposedly that it's supposed to be easy. But for many people, Starting with oneself, it's like starting with the difficult person. <laughs> but anyway, this is this is how we start. Uh, so it may be more easeful, it may be difficult, but we want to start with ourselves because it's as if we're bearing witness. It's like, just as I want to be happy, then so may you be happy. You know that becomes that becomes the transition between wishing it for oneself and for others. You know, just as I want to be at peace, so may you be at peace. So it's important to, to start with oneself and settle in some way into that feeling of goodwill for oneself. Okay, one last comment and then we'll just jump in. For years, I've, I've done a lot of metta practice over the years, and 
for many years, I would just be doing in the very traditional way, kind of, you know, trying to call up some image or felt sense of myself. This is starting with myself and directing, you know, a kind wish. May I be happy? May I be healthy? And then I don't know, it's just, it came to mind somehow. On one retreat, I started doing it in a slightly different way. So instead of trying to evoke the feeling by having myself send good wishes to myself, <coughs> I started visualizing some people, some beings who I know, knew would have good wishes for me. So, you know, kind of, you can think big. So for me, I, it's like I use the Dalai Lama. I knew that, you know, you not on, not on, it's just how he is. <laughs> you know, he loves everybody. <laughs> so I know I'd be included <laughs> in, in the range of people <laughs> he has good wishes for. And so I would, I would actually picture the Dalai Lama or other of my teachers, or even some, I don't know, some celestial presence, however you want to do it, but actually being the recipient. I became the recipient of their loving wishes. You know, so I would imagine them saying to me, you know, may you be happy, may you be healthy. And it was just a very interesting way to drop into the feeling, to the field. It just dropped into the field of love. Because it was easier to receive it in that way than to generate it. Do you get a sense of... So again, this is, it's just something to experiment with. Maybe that will be helpful, maybe it won't. Uh, there's really a lot of opportunity to just experiment for yourselves and to see what creates this field of good wishes, goodwill. Because it does have the potential to ultimately include all beings. You know, and that's that's the potential which we can practice. So it's helpful to sit in as comfortable a way as possible. You know, if you're dealing with a lot of physical pain in your posture, it's, you could actually send some loving kindness to the pain, you know, but it's best if you can sit in a, a way that's reasonably comfortable. Thanks. <laughs> and we'll start with ourselves. I'll repeat certain phrases, but don't, you know, you, you can either use the phrases that I repeat from time to time or find your own. You know, and really experiment a little bit and see what expresses most deeply what you wish for yourself. You know, what you would most like to receive from one of these great beings who's just radiating friendliness towards you. So sitting comfortably and the eyes can close gently. You might take a few deep breaths. And in doing metta, I found it's helpful sometimes to feel the breath at the heart center. So it's like we're letting the awareness 
drop into that heart center, the center of our chest. And calling yourself to mind in some way, an image of yourself, or being the recipient of good wishes. Repeating three or four phrases. May I be happy and healthy. in safety and live with ease. Repeating the phrases slowly and concentrating on the meaning of the words. So you're really feeling the intention behind the wish, the, in- <coughs> the intention of goodwill and friendliness. be happy and healthy. I live in safety 
live with ease. Feel the intention of goodwill behind the phrase, behind the wish. The wishing well for yourself. As you repeat the phrases, you might rest on the breath at the heart center. Focus on what you most wish for yourself, your most loving wish.
And connect with that feeling of friendliness or goodwill that's behind each wish. We're becoming friends with ourselves. And when the mind wanders, you can come back to the breath at the heart center and reconnect again with the phrase or the image or the feeling of friendliness. Resting in this field of goodwill, of friendliness, we can begin to direct it towards a benefactor, anybody in your life, 
who's been helpful to you, who's done good things for you, for whom you already have a lot of good feeling. Let the image of that person come to mind, come to the heart. Maybe a few minutes reflecting on the good that they've done for you. Begin directing the loving wishes towards them. Just as I want to be happy and healthy, so may you be happy and healthy. Or whatever words you're using. Again, it doesn't have to be some spectacular feeling of love. It can just be this feeling of genuine goodwill, wishing well. See what particular words or wishes come to mind and heart for this particular person. What you most wish for them. happy and healthy 
May your heart be at ease. So over the course of these next days, we'll be you know, presenting the progression of the meditation, but find your own way into it. You know, what's, what's the most easeful way of settling into that feeling of kindness you know, towards oneself, towards others? Sometimes it may just be thinking of a person. Sometimes it's the phrases. Do you have any questions about the practice? When I shifted the attention toward a benefactor, I kept shifting from one person to another mm -hmm. to another, and uh, according to them, uh, different sets of words to kind of suit mm -hmm. the, the, the feeling. Right. And I was wondering whether it may be more helpful for a set duration to focus on one person and allow that to right, really right, develop. Right. So the question was, you know, he found when we started directing to a benefactor that different people came to mind and with each different person, different phrases seemed appropriate. And he was wondering whether it's fine to do that or it could be more helpful to, to settle on one person for a while and let it develop. I think uh, to start with, I would choose one person and stay with that person for a while. Uh, because as you say, it's, it develops, there are so many nuances and as the mind gets more concentrated, we begin to uh, just experience so many different levels, you know, of the feeling and the meaning. Even, you know, we just, we could repeat, be repeating a simple phrase, could be anything, you know, may, may you be at peace, or may you be happy. You could repeat that phrase a hundred different times and each time it would have a different flavor. Okay, what does peace mean? You know, what does happiness mean? You know, at first there may be a more superficial sense of what we mean by be happy. But you're sitting there and wishing it again and again. Oh, you know, we, we open to deep, deeper meanings of it. Um, so for a while I would do it in that way, but at a certain point it is fine to open it up and just let whoever comes to mind. Um, yeah. How is it possible to generate these feelings if one hasn't given forgiveness to oneself? Because one doesn't feel worthy of these feelings. 
Right. Yeah. Well, one could start with forgiveness, and I think in, in the way we're going to do it, Gene is going to lead a meditation in that, but a little later on in the sequence. But that's where I found it really helpful to be the recipient of good wishes from somebody or some being, you know, God, God, whatever, whatever, in whatever way, you know, this being loves me no matter what, doesn't matter. And we, so, so we're just receiving it from somebody who we know has that capacity, we feel has that capacity, you know, to feel that way for us or to us. And that really helped me to let go of worrying or, or getting caught by self-judgment. Oh, I'm not worthy of this. Or, do you follow? So, and that, that really opened up a different space. You know, that was just there in receiving it. Uh, because there are many, many great beings in the world who do love, regardless of anything. I'm going to be talking a little bit about that tomorrow night. Uh, but that, for me, became an effective way of opening to the space, of receiving it. So you can... You can try it. Um, why is this practice important for like, like on the individual level? Because I understand like um, the theory behind it, but I mean on a person to person level, because it's like if that individual is not even doing anything to improve their own happiness and a loving kindness, it's like what's the point of me sending that good? Mm. Right, right. Yes, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the question is there's really two parts to what I understand your question to be. One is. Uh, is it effective? Here we're wishing, <laughs> we're wishing all these things for another person. Is it going to really make them happy or healthy or whatever? And realizing that, that their, their happiness really does depend on themselves, why do it? Is that, so there are a couple, of, a couple of aspects to that. One is your understanding that ultimately our happiness does depend on ourselves, depends on our own quality. If our minds and hearts are filled with greed and hatred, we're not going to be happy. You know, and if our minds and hearts are filled with kindness and generosity, we will be happy. So that depends on us, not on somebody, what somebody is wishing for us. So that understanding itself is the basis of one of the Brahma-viharas of equanimity. So exactly what you expressed. That under, so there's a great wisdom component in that understanding. That being said, doing the metta actually does have an effect. It does have an effect on us, and it does have an effect on other people. 
So uh, just as I said, when when we're filled with good wishes, how do we feel? We feel a lot happier than if we're filled with ill will and hatred. So it's definitely affecting our well-being. But it also affects others. And so I'll just give you an example. And I think this is an experience we've all had. If you go into a room, you know, with either friends or, you know, people you know, and somebody is just really angry about something, do you feel it? Yeah. We we kind of pick it up vibrationally. And so it affects us. In exactly the same way, although in a way we don't always acknowledge, if you go into a room and you're with somebody who is incredibly loving and generous, how does that person make you feel? You know, we feel good. (laughs) We like to be in the presence of people like that. So it does have an effect. And the more powerful our minds, the longer range effect it has. You know, and so the classic example, this is from the Buddhist texts of, uh, from the Buddhist time, of one of the Buddha's difficult people, <laughs> one of his enemies who wanted to, he wanted to take over basically the whole order. So the story goes, the Buddha was walking up this narrow lane and this guy sends a mad elephant charging down the lane, thinking that the Buddha will either be killed or he'll run away. And in both cases, you know, he'll be discredited. So, again, as the story goes, <laughs> but I, I just love the image of it, you know, because here's the Buddha walking and there's this, elephants are big. <laughs> so just, you know, this mad elephant is charging towards you, towards him, and it said he just started radiating loving kindness towards the elephant. And the Buddha being the Buddha, <laughs> you know, his his heart, his mind was so powerful that just as we can feel it on a much smaller level, it said that the metta just suffused the heart of the elephant and it got to the Buddha and bowed down. And <laughs> so you can take that either literally or metaphorically. <laughs> But it does show there's a power, and it depends on our own strength. And so that's what we're doing. We're we're cultivating our heart's strength in radiating it.
does something to my heart sometimes when I meet someone who's having a really, really hard time. And what it did to me, and still does, is that anything that I see that is not, that is, that is unfortunate for someone else, I just cry all the time. And then the love, the love, mm. the kindness, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I do, I don't know. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. And, and that, that is, that is really where the whole practice is leading. The whole progression that I, I laid out, where we start with the self and, you know, all these individual, but the practice goes to all beings. Just in, it's radiating this feeling towards all beings. And that's, that is the culmination of the practice. So you're. I just feel that it's supposed to go. Yes. I thought it, it is and it does. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. No, that's beautiful. Yeah, but <laughs> this is just a little tweak. <laughs> Don't exclude yourself from all beings, <laughs> because you are also part of all beings. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people do. That, that's that's why I just mentioned it, you know. Uh, but what you expressed is beautiful, and that is that is where the practice leads to, and that's where we're going. So you're already there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so the question was saying kind of the opposite of that, when one feels that one really needs to be receiving and sending to oneself, you know, these loving wishes and loving feelings, is it okay to spend a long period of time just doing that, whether it's, you know, a whole period or a month or a year, it's totally fine. You know, and many people do that, spend a lot of time uh, it's a it's a kind of healing, you know. It's an inner healing. Uh, yeah. So I I think that can be a really good thing to do, and and to find the way that's most effective, the way that you can really receive it, you know, in the uh, most easeful way. Yeah. No, that's that's one of the other beautiful aspects of the practice. As I said, we want to really become friends with ourselves. There's so often, you know, so many inner conflicts. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a beautiful practice in all of these dimensions. You know, it does so many different, so many different things. Okay, I think um, there's time for walking now. And as I say, we'll be continuing the practice at this sitting. Uh, uh, every day, and you can include, you know, in other sittings if you want. We're giving emphasis in the other sittings to the mindfulness and vipassana practice, but uh, you could spend five minutes, or ten minutes at the beginning or at the end, doing metta if that feels like it'll be helpful. Thank you.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.